CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, it's my annual chat with Illinois football's executive director of personnel and recruiting, Pat Embleton. Pat has been with the program for 11 years now. Uh, started under Tim Beckman, stayed under Lovey Smith, and Brett Bielma found him so valuable uh, to you know his staff early on and so knowledgeable about Illinois recruiting and just the dynamic of everything that he kept him on and really promoted him to basically the general manager of Illinois. And Pat's job is really, really important as roster building is so, so important. And his staff has expanded during the Brett Bielma era. They now have eight people on staff. And uh, we hear, according to Football Scoop, that Nate McNeil will be moving on and basically getting a promotion going to this new Syracuse staff. Uh, Nate has been under Pat Embleton for the last three years as director of player personnel, basically the number two uh, for Pat. And uh, Nate was here during the Lovey Smith era for a couple years as well before he went to Temple. But uh, that, that's a great option and uh, opportunity for Nate McNeil. But uh, Pat leads this ship, and Maya Green is really important in what they do. Patrick Pearson uh, is really important in what they do. Jay Kaiser in the transfer portal. Drake Leeper, Jabbar Popcorn Morris. So a lot of people that get involved in player evaluation, putting these visits together, the creative department of it with Pat, uh, Maya Green, and just the logistics of all these things. Uh, Pat's the head of it, and uh, the signing day for this recruiting department is kind of their Christmas day, right? Like this is all the work has led into this day for the most part, and for Illinois to get two transfers on top of 19 signees on this day, I'm sure they had a celebration uh, in that Illinois football recruiting department uh, Wednesday night. But I got to catch up with Pat in the middle of it all on Wednesday during signing day in the middle of these transfers kind of happening. And we kind of do an overview uh, of Illinois football recruiting. We talk about this class kind of in broad strokes. Uh, We talk about a little bit of of the top guys in this class, um, how they approached building this class. Then we dive into JUCO, how they've approached that market, and we really get into the transfer portal and how Illinois has kind of gone about how to attack the transfer portal, what they want, and what it means for their program. And then I ask Pat about the NCAA and things that he thinks can change in recruiting uh, and, and what the NCAA needs to focus on when it comes to whether it's reining in or you know, expanding recruiting, all those different kind of things. And he gave some interesting answers on that. Then I talked to him about what the staff takes pride in and, and the next steps of what they can do in recruiting as well. So I always think it's kind of our state of the union of Illinois football recruiting with Patrick Hamilton, our conversation on signing day. That's coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. 
This bustling holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days. Well, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meals over the holidays. Choose from 35-plus chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, protein-plus, and more wholesome options. So cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with Factor. Skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and get Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 and use code Illini50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, it's National Signing Day and having my annual State of the Union, I think we like to call it, with Illinois Executive Director of Personnel and Recruiting, Pat Embleton. Pat, every class has kind of its own personality, all those things. How would you kind of describe this class and what it means for the program? Yeah, this class was um, this class was fun. This class was really fun to be a part of, um, especially because of the the early commitments. Um, you know, we had the majority locked in through June, and just the relationships we were able to build, not only with the kids but with their families. Like one of the closest classes that I've been a part of in terms of parents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins. Um, that every time they would come to games or come visit campus after their OV, um, it was it wasn't more recruiting based. It was more like a family reunion type, and um, just really really happy and excited about you know all the young men that we signed. Um, quality people, quality families, um, good students, good character, everything like that. So um, it's just a, it's a, another. Good class, another step in the right direction to, to make this program what it is. I know you guys probably don't think of it this way, but from the outside, A.J. Dennis is the highest-ranked guy in this class. Malik Elsley was one of those guys last year. Those are big flips. Colin Dixon was one of those. So just from your perspective, those guys were committed elsewhere. What's the approach of staying in it with those guys while respecting their committed elsewhere? How do you guys handle that? Because you've obviously done it well. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that you said is the respect part of it. You have to – you have to find out from from each and every kid like how they're going to respond when they commit somewhere else, right? And so, our philosophy is always high roads the best road um, because at the you know we always want, we wanted AJ the first time he made it and we thought we were going to get him the first time, but um, it is 
it's knowing the, the, the value of, of when to reach out to them, how frequently you reach out to them, who you reach out to, whether it's a high school coach or a parent or a grandparent, um, just letting them, them know that you're thinking about them, you know, whether you're giving them tidbits of saw AJ kick some butt, all that stuff, right? It's, and, and we weren't very frequent um, throughout the season, just a little bit here and there. Um, and then when the news came out with, with Michigan State uh, going in a different direction with their coaching staff, we kind of felt that he would reach out to us first um, at that point. And we wanted to respect him in, 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 in that sense. And so when a conversation was, was initiated on his end, we knew we had a real opportunity. So when you look at this class, was there anything that was you knew coming to this class, like you guys loaded up on the, the line of scrimmage this year? Was, is that the identity of this class? Obviously, you hit every position, but what were the, the check boxes you guys needed to check off? Yeah, um, you know, roster management's something that we go through every single day, um, and it changes. But going into this year, we knew O-line, D-line wise, like we had to take um, – we knew what numbers we had to have um, at a bare minimum. And I think defensively, especially D-line wise, like um, we knew the high school kids that we needed to bring in in order to just balance from a roster, from a, you know, a number standpoint that would be able to keep us successful in the years to come. Um, because you can't always just rely on, on strictly a one or two year transfer in that sense. Um, Otherwise, you deplete your roster, and that's where injuries come through. You know, when you're playing younger guys that aren't ready for it. So, um, O line, D line was 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 a big far, big factor into it. And then, you know, skill sense. Like we couldn't, we knew we couldn't load up on on running backs this year. We knew we couldn't load up on quarterbacks, all that stuff. Um, because again, you got to balance out between your high school takes, and and you still have to leave some slots open for for the transfer world. So. Um, Going into every season, like we already know what our 25 bare minimum needs will be. Um, and then obviously as we play through spring ball in the season, that'll alter slightly. But uh, yeah, it's something that we project out at least two or three years just to know where we're going, what we need. You know, every year, you've been here 11 years, Nate, or, uh, Pat, that, that we're going to talk about in-state recruiting. And, and you guys have signed 24 in-state guys over the last three classes. But the competition for in-state, I mean, you're seeing you know, Clemson come in, Miami come in and get some guys. What is that like? Like, how do you guys feel about your in-state efforts and just the competition that, that's coming in to try and steal some of these guys? Well, I think the, the competition just speaks volume as to how, um, how good, how high quality the football is in this state, right? Um, and that's, that's something that we love. Obviously, the state of Illinois, with, with Chicago being a, the most, you know, population-wise part of it is, is very talented. Um, um, and it, it's going to continue to be recruited by programs across the country. And that's, I think that's a good thing for us because um, we have an opportunity now where we're going into year four to start showcasing how we should be up at the top, how we should compete at the top. And, and I do think that, that schools, coaches, players, parents, they recognize that because we're getting a lot more we're getting a lot more unofficial visits. We're getting a lot more phone calls picked up, text messages returned um, for guys that in my you know previous regimes worked here for that w wouldn't even say hello to us type deal. And so um, 
you know, we need to continue to make our state the priority, um, and that is. I know looking forward to the 25 class, it's a very, very talented class again. Um, and, and there'll be a lot of kids that a lot of programs are going to come after nationally that already have. Um, so we just need to continue to, to be true to who we are um, and just show them what kind of atmosphere we, we can provide them, not only on the field, but what, what we can do for them in life, what we can do for them off the field, and how we can make them a better person. I have a dozen other states you got kids from uh, in, in this class, which is pretty amazing. I mean, Utah, it's been a long time since you've gotten somebody out of Utah, like Easton Baker, Nebraska, Tanner Allinger, first one since World War One that you guys have gotten a kid. Is that intentional or is that just the way it goes? What do you, what do you guys credit that to, being able to kind of spread your tentacles that way? I, I wouldn't say it's intentional. I would say um, we have started making just year three – like we've we've started building relationships, right? So you take a look at Nebraska. That's somewhere you know. Bart Miller was born in Nebraska, uh, kind of grew up there before he moved to Illinois, and so he had connections and he recruited that state from from other programs. So year three is is us being in those high schools for a couple years, right? It's us kind of laying the groundwork. And now Utah is a little bit different. Um, however, it's that you know we're going to always try to find the best players. Um, that we feel will fit our program and our need. And so if that means it's taking us out to Utah to, to, uh, to go see Easton Baker play um, and then, you know, end up basically flipping them from, from programs, like, we'll do that. Because at, at, at some point, too, your competitive nature wants to take over. And, you, and if a highly sought-after kid is out of your recruiting footprint but you feel like you got a shot, then, you know, as a man, you want to go in and win that one, right? So, um, but, yeah, just – just us kind of being consistent the last couple of years of, of not only focusing on this state, but starting to touch the you know, surrounding states and some un unusual ones. It's, it's, I'm not shocked that we're starting to get a little bit of payoff. You guys have dove into JUCO recruiting a lot the last few years. What have you learned about it? How did you kind of approach JUCO recruiting in this cycle? Yeah, um, JUCO recruiting is, is, is not taken off or it's not unknown, but it's it's a little bit different now because of the, the transfer portal. Um, I do feel that there's a lot of very talented junior college players um, throughout the country. And from our standpoint, you know, we need to just be prepared and always scout, evaluate, get to know kids in the junior college ranking because um, it's a little bit under-recruited in my opinion. Like there's there's some programs that have a, I don't know, misconceived notion of, of you're going to recruit a JUCO kid. Well, a JUCO kid 10 years ago is different from this from this year. Like the, the three junior college players that we sign are all full qualifiers this year, right? Um, and Is that different because of COVID, because of uh, less scholarships available for prep guys? Yeah, it's different in my opinion because of COVID, um, but additionally because of the portal. Yeah. There's just, you know, guys are getting overlooked um, and guys get to go and, and develop. Like, you look at a guy like Daniel Brown, right? He just was named a first-team All-American, led the nation in sacks. Um, he went to school in, in, in Kansas. That's a good school, um, good high school that has a lot of athletes that's come out of that state. But I think there's just a lot of um, players that, that are going under the radar now. And if we can go in there and find a niche, and we're not like – you know, under previous regimes, we've recruited out in the California JCs and, and, and some of that sense. And, I'm, and we, we target 
who we want to see, when we want to see, and how we see them pretty early on. Um, and we don't like to stray too far from that. And so we, it gives us more time to do our background on the JC players and anything. So, Obviously, you guys celebrate the signing day, but you're in the middle of the transfer portal, which almost you know supersedes some of this stuff because it can make such an immediate impact. Um, what has been your guys' strategy in the portal in, in this cycle? Is it different than the others, or just how have you guys approached it? Yeah, it's um, 85 is 85 first off, right? There's 85 scholarships that we can play with. And and so when we set our target top number for the high school and JUCO players that we want to sign on signing day, um, it leaves us wiggle room to, to go after and target transfer players. Uh, obviously, the draft to guys graduating to injuries all play into our factor that we need to go address um, kind of some immediate needs. Um, and so the portal world, we, we've known what we need to do um, and what, what positions that we need to fill that we feel um, is going to make a, an immediate impact for next season, right? You're not, you very rarely are looking at a portal to add depth or add something that you think would come, or come through in three or four years. That, that's what you do. That's why you recruit high school. And so. Transfer portals more addressing your immediate needs um, and hoping that they are, um, you know, that they want to come. And it, that's. <laughs> I feel like every time we talk about NIL, every year it changes a little bit. First year, it wasn't that big of a conversation you talked to me about. Last year, it became every part of conversation. How is NIL broached in both senses? Recruits, you guys, how big of a factor is it? And just how do you feel about NIL? In, in recruiting nowadays, I, I think I think NIL is a good thing. Um, I do think that NIL is is like I had said last year. Um, it's it's a part of every conversation. It's it's a part of every. I shouldn't say conversation. More like question based from recruits. That that is that is one of the first questions that 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 they want to know or their parents want to know, um, and rightfully so. I mean, this is a this is a giant uh, college football is a. Uh, a big time market, and um, I get it from a, from a student athlete standpoint for sure. Um, as far as what we do, um, there's very little things, and I know that there's some some work, some you know rules, talking points being being discussed right now um, by the NCAA and, and, and higher ups that um, are going to allow us to to maybe be a little bit more freely in, in the conversations we're allowed to have, just because we're not technically allowed to do. You know, have have numbers and say that stuff, and so um, we do follow the rules and, and we play by that. But um, you know, Coach B kind of handles all those conversations. But it is alive and it's well, and it's something that um, you know at, at Illinois, I know we can be competitive, um, and I think you'll you'll see some things pay off. NCAA, you know, is figuring all this out. Um, they made a rule change on photo shoots. I don't know how much that impacts you guys, but what would you push? You know, you're in this every day. What would you push to change with recruiting rules? And what are some of the biggest issues you guys are facing that can be altered, changed? Yeah, well, first, from the photo shoot standpoint, I think it's total BS. Like, <laughs> to me, and, and we've had, we kind of live on that. And I'm not saying, like, we, we have a really good balance when kids come on visit as to the information we want to give them while also allowing them to have some fun too. Um, and for schools that say, oh, well, we don't have the time to budget this or, or they spend too much time doing that, like 
we have rules and we let, we we lay those rules out uh basically if we can't communicate to a prospect right if we can't communicate if you're not a junior or senior you're not doing a photo shoot and we're the one initiating it if a kid comes up to us that and says hey i want to do a photo shoot we'll say no and if that kid doesn't end up saying well i'm not i don't want to i'm not interested in you then okay that's part of our that weeds out some kids that we know what the priorities are okay so that's the photo shoot side of it i think from an NIL side of it, like there needs to be a, um, we do need to have a little bit more discussion, interaction, um, and just kind of, um, you know, letting a prospect and a parent know the rules behind it and what to look for and, and the questions that they need to ask, um, not only us, but other schools that they're looking at too. And so, um, again, us allowing, kind of more freedom with those talks would be great. Um, but the one thing that I that I look back, like we added an 11th coach a couple years ago, right? Uh, six years ago, maybe. And that's done, it's been great for our guys because they get more teaching on the football field. You take it from the recruiting piece to an evaluation piece, like coaches should coach during the season. We have these large personnel departments now we should allow personnel people to go evaluate in person. We should allow um, us to act as a more of an NFL department, go get background, character. And, and, you know, when NFL teams come in here, they don't have interaction with players, right? Like they're doing all the background information and it's easier to get to, like it's e information's easier to access. Um, and you can kind of get more of a, uh, a, a more well-rounded opinion of a player um, based on on the field, off the field, academically, when you do it in person and you see people. And so that would be the one thing that I would love to push for. Um, I don't know if we'll get there, but at least in, in the Power Five world, you got personnel departments like us that are six to eight people deep. Like we can go do some damage on the road, so. Is there anything that can be done about the calendar? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if, because you guys are so swamped this time of year. But at the same time, these guys got to get in the school in January, so they got to take these visits. I, is there any problem with the calendar? Do you have it all, or any way of fixing that? Because in the, I know you guys, you know, the coaches are paid well and all that, but that's that's ridiculous hours you guys are walking. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, the, um, the, the, this is a, the, the most difficult, you know, two two month stretch just because of what you said. You you're signing your prep kids, and then you go into a dead period tomorrow, or really Sunday started the dead period until. January 3rd, which opens back up for mid-year transfers, right? Well, all the meantime, anybody that has committed to you that are mid-year guys, they got to get in school. Well, most schools shut down from this Friday until after the New Year's. And so it, that's the most difficult aspect, in my opinion, right now, is, is figuring out um, how you can universally create, like, an admissions piece to an eligibility piece that – people will answer on holidays or, or, you know, that's that's the hardest part. And it's all based on which schools. Like, we start on the 16th uh, or the 17th this year, and so we get a little bit leniency, but that also means guys that are transfers can still have an opportunity to go visit elsewhere because they're not locked in until they step foot on campus for it. So um, the calendar, I, I will covet my Julys, I know that. Um, but, uh, yeah, the calendar's that. And it, we all know what we're getting ourselves into in college football. <laughs> well, uh, as we wrap up here, Pat, and always appreciate your time. Like, 
you've, you've this staff has expanded a, a lot over the years, especially under Coach Bielma. Um, what do you guys take pride in most so far in, in your three years together as a staff, especially as you've you know been together for some time and, and been able to kind of figure out how you want to approach things? What do you guys take most pride in? Uh, I think I think we're just true to who we are, right? We we. We all have one shared vision, and that's to win. Nobody has egos on this staff. Um, it starts from the top down, and I, and I do believe that, like, we do use family. It's everywhere in this building. You see it all the time. But I think if you ask, when you talk to recruits, when you talk to parents, I think they feel that in this building more. Than I can them. confirm that. They say that all the time. Like, it, it might be a cheesy saying or whatever, but they, they feel it. It, yes. it is different. And that is something that, like, we are intentional about from the moment they leave their house for a visit to the moment they get back to the house, how are, we have to operate at a first class in everything we do, um, in everything that we display, every time they're, every minute that they're on our campus. And so that's something that we take a lot of pride into, especially in our recruiting department, that um, we will bend over backwards to make sure that everything is, is, is first class for them and that they walk out of here feeling like, man, I feel comfortable leaving my son here or I feel comfortable coming back and visiting, or I feel comfortable having a difficult conversation with them because they're going to be real, honest, um, and no BS to us. And so, last thing, how do you, how can you guys up your game? How can you even even get better? Great question. Uh, I think um, just by continuing to address immediate needs in the transfer portal world, um, you know, more bodies would would always help. But sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I'm going to eat my words on that one. Um, Probably going back to you, changing the calendar a little bit to get some a couple more days off here and there. <laughs> but I, I do want to say, Jeremy, like um, obviously our like our staff uh, love them to death, love working for them. And I want to shout out, you know, our recruiting and personnel staff, um, from Nate McNeil to Pat Pearson to Maya Green, Jake Heiser, Drake Leeper, Houston Griffith, um, John Proto. I think they're that. A lot of what we've done, uh, they don't get a lot of notoriety, um, and each and every one of them mean something to me um, and to this program, and um, we wouldn't be where we are today without those guys. What is today like for you guys as a group? I know the coaches are on the road and all that, but you guys, this is what you breathe all year. Like, What's what's signing day like for you guys? It's fun. We started at 5.45 this morning, concluded at 8.07 a.m., um, and there were some tears shed by people. There were families that FaceTimed us that looked like they just got out of bed and they were crying. Um, but it's a, it's a fun time and it's, and it's emotional. And um, you get an opportunity to now get these guys here to campus and watch them blossom in front of your eyes. And that's the, that's the best part about college football is you see them grow from a junior in high school to you know, a fourth or fifth year senior in college. and um, Potential rookie of the year. Correct. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, Pat Appleton, always appreciate the time, man, and insight, and can't wait to catch up again next year to do this. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. Great stuff from Pat Hamilton. Appreciate his time and insight. Hopefully it gives you another look into the Illini recruiting department and just their philosophy as they attack this class. All right, uh, heading up. Family is getting ready to go to St. Louis. It's our annual trip down there. I like to do the Polar Express, City Museum, all of that. So it really feels like the holidays when bragging rights happens. Uh, so everybody enjoy your trip down there if you're going there. Enjoy the game if you're watching from home. 
And most of all, happy holidays to everybody. We will do a Bragging Rights podcast afterwards. But check out everything we have at Illini Inquirer. Boy, um, this has been a busy time, but proud of all the work we've done. Joey has done a phenomenal job. Ryan Easterling with all the video breakdowns he did of signing day. And, and Derek Piper had a fantastic mailbag. So go check all that out. I just broke down top 2025 targets to kind of keep an eye on early in this cycle. Obviously, uh, Illinois is going to shoot high for a lot of these great in-state defensive linemen, but kind of break down 10 guys that I think they could be sitting in a pretty good situation with uh, and really important targets, I think. Uh, Power 5 targets that they're looking at. Uh, So you can check that out. And I included my first crystal ball of the class of 2025 in the favor of the Illini on that one. So check that out at Illini Inquirer. Right now we have a great holiday deal going on for the next week around the holiday. 60% off for a VIP membership to Illini Inquirer. That's more than $70 of savings, just 12 cents a day for the next year of Illini Inquirer membership. Trust me, you won't uh, won't regret it. So if you haven't tried our VFP membership, now is a great time to do so. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.